Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Reese Plumbing. Designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. It's the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show with Daniel McCarty, Grant Elliott and Justin Marshall on SCNZ. Justin Marshall will be joining us in about half an hour's time. Uh, this is the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show. Great to have your company. All part of the Saturday session with myself, Daniel McCarty. And he's back. Guess who's back? He is shady. It's Grant Elliott. <laughs> Good to see you, younger. Oh, I'm not that shady, am I? No, you're looking bright and sprightly and look like you've even lost more weight, which um, really annoys me. Well, I sort of have because I did have to do the old isolation for 10 days ah. as well. So um, some of those parents that will be listening, uh, they'll go, oh, that must be amazing. Hotel for 10 days. No, no children. But you sort of get to day three and then you... Oh, so the first three days were joyous. first joy three days is, is all right, as long as you, you get through whatever symptoms you have. But... Yeah, no, I did the 10 days and had a lot of reflection time, but it's really good to be back. Really, really good to be back. Good to see your smiley face and good to see that the show's changed up a bit since I left. There's obviously a few new slots that have come in um, to try and make up for my incompetence. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing about it is you don't have to think much more than, than footy in the first hour of the program. This is the Reese Plumbing uh, Super Rugby uh, fan show, Reese Plumbing designed to build your business, help it grow and succeed, Reese. it works for you. So Justin Marshall joins us every Saturday, adding great insight analysis. Uh, he will be on board at a slightly later time at uh, 10.30, Grant. Uh, joining us shortly is uh, Evan Lee out of the Hurricanes. It's been quite a year for administrators in sport, right? Right across the plane. Um, and I think that is very, very uh, true when it comes to rugby as well. We had, uh, you know, when you left, uh, it had been announced that they were going to play Super Rugby in Queenstown. I saw them in Queenstown. Yeah, they were there for a short period of time. That idea was, uh, you know, rolled up and thrown in the rubbish bin. Um, but, of course, the Hurricanes game this week has been postponed against Moana Pacifica. Um, Moana Pacifica, of course, had their first two games postponed due to COVID in their camps. They got on the field last week, looked really good for the first uh, half against the Crusaders. The might of the Crusaders, um, you know, worked its magic in the second half to, to win that game. And Moana Pacifica, I'm sure, were keen to build on that. But... Well, uh, the Hurricanes have, um, you know, uh, suffered uh, quite heavily at the hands of uh, COVID. So we're going to catch up with their CEO, uh, Evan Lee, to just get a bit of a backdrop and a bit of understanding of, of the challenges this year um, has posed from an administration perspective. But look, how good's this? I know it's not super rugby, but there's footy on. There's a Friday night test match. Six Nations. Between Wales and France in the Six Nations. The second half has just kicked off. Um, the mighty French, who are unbeaten and uh, leading the Six Nations, are leading Wales, who've just won one of their opening three games. But only just, it's uh, 10 points to nine. Now, uh, I know you talked up Italy's chances uh, in the lead-up to the first uh, round of games. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you just? Didn't you just? But in fairness to Grant, he, he's all over the French. Ooh la la, you, you, you're Team yeah. France. I think when I left, I, I put a, Tommy's put your house on it, Hail Mary, and went, okay, Italy are going to win that first game. And you laughed at me, and... Correctly so. But I did go for France to actually win the whole comp because I got a little bit of inside oil. Ah, um, did you just? Yeah, well, I think that that's the bonuses of being on this show, actually, is you do get a little bit of inside oil. Some of it's good and some of it is very, very poor. 
And are you, are you willing to reveal your sources? Well, no, not yet, not yet. I think when, when I when I leave the show eventually in about twenty years' time, and you'll be in your Zimmer frame. <laughs> Crikey, they've, they've locked you up for a long term deal. <laughs> I'm sure our next could... guest would like to do that with Geordie Barrett. But oh, gee, well, I mean, he's going all right. I tell you what, he hits a golf ball. <laughs> he hits a golf ball a long way. Yeah. Um, I've got a very funny golf story for you later on in the show. Remember, I told you. I like, I, I like the sound of that. So Grant Elliott is back. Uh, this is the Super Rugby uh, Fan Show in association with uh, Reese Plumbing. After 11 o'clock, uh, the Saturday session, we've got a great uh, lineup for you. Tamsin Newton's going to join us to talk the Women's World Cup. And uh, in our Legends segment... What a legend this guy is. Uh, and I know producer Ben Francis is rather excited. Kevin Campion's joining the program. Absolute uh, legend of the Warriors. The Warriors kick off their campaign later this evening. Full coverage of that one. Uh, but let's get to the job at hand. This is uh, the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show. We'll break down the game last night in great detail with Justin Marshall a little bit later. One of those games of two halves. And I'm really interested to find out how the Highlanders nation is feeling at the moment. Because they were up by 10 points. Um, and seeded that, that lead within about 10 minutes of the second half, and they're 0 from 4. So uh, Highlanders fans, we'll open the line to you a little bit uh, later, 0800 150 811, or send your pithy messages right now to double eight double three. But let's uh, welcome in the uh, CEO of the Hurricanes. He's uh, kind enough to join us. It's five minutes after 10 o'clock. This is uh, the Super Rugby Fan Show. Evan Lee, great to have you on board, my friend. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. Hope you're well, mate. And Grant. No, I am well. I Oh, yeah, and Grant is here, although he's working on a social media game, Evan, no surprise there. Thank, thanks for giving me a little um, a, a note there, Evan. Daniel wasn't going to introduce me. It's my first day back. <laughs> he's not used to having a sidekick next to him. I actually, I actually was surprised that the show wasn't sponsored by a local uh, real estate company, Grant Elliott and Ben <laughs> Castle, to be honest. <laughs> well, we're working on it, Evan. If you listen to the show, yeah, there's yeah. a few... A little blurbs about yeah. it, but yeah, I mean, if you are looking for anything, just feel free to give me a call at some stage. <laughs> well, I won't, I won't call BC. <laughs> no, no, of course, Ben Castle will be on a little bit later, of course, and Evan knows him well. From Good tips, though, so, Evan. He, he's not a bad <laughs> yeah. tipper. He goes he's, all right. It's no, a good success. Not. No, that's hey, fair. Yeah. That's fair. Hey, Evan, it's fair to say, and you've been, you've been in the game a long time, you've been in an administration a long time, and it seems every year there's a new, bigger challenge. Is that fair to say? And why there was sort of, you know, hopes we were we were getting back to some form of normality. Two thousand and twenty-two, so throwing up a few curveballs for you. Fair to say. Yeah, it, it's been um, it's been challenging. Last week was um, was really difficult having to stand down our men's team and our women's team. Um, but I think you got to keep perspective as well, Dan. Um, it's only a, it's only a game, and it's been postponed. Um, you know, later in the competition. So, you know, COVID is, you know, it's ravaging New Zealand and um, we're no different. It's been, as I say, it's been a difficult week for our staff and players. Um, there's not many people like me that actually don't have COVID. So, um, yeah, it's been tough. Oh, the benefits of being in the CEO's office, you know, um, you know, away from the rest. So, so you can social well, distance right. now. I'm being very tongue. I'm being very tongue in cheek there. Speaking of social distancing, no. I, I must admit, I, r- rugby was always it, once it's in your camp, it's going to go through. It's it's just that nature of the sport, now, isn't it, uh, Evan? And I'm I'm sure you're expecting yeah. it. So, w- walk us through the process of when it first arrives into camp to uh, to making the call on postponing the game. Um, 
because paramount is the health, the, the safety of your players, and I hope all of them are well. Yeah, they are. There's no one that's really sick, which is which is great. Um, we've had you know very strict protocols the whole way through. No cafes, no restaurants. Um, you know, we've told players and staff they can't go to funerals and weddings. So we, you know, we've been very conservative. So you know, it's, it is quite ironic that we've been hit and hit so hard. Um, we have a COVID team internally. We have our own doctor, so we're we're pretty well equipped. I mean. We've got a well-being team, so anyone that gets COVID falls into into that category, and um, you know we we make sure they're okay and keep in touch. And if there's anything they need, um, but yeah, it's been it's it's been challenging. I know the other clubs have had some COVID, but you know just the way it's run through our place um, is qu- quite amazing. And you certainly look at the start of it for us; it was it was the forwards who were getting um, getting COVID, and you look at scrum training, line-out training, malls, um, you know, they generally hang out with each other because no one else will. So it's, you know, <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's been hard, but now it's, it's not discriminating, it's, it's back and forward. So, um, mate, we're just looking forward to next weekend, really, and getting ourselves up to the Chiefs because we can't control, you know, what's happened this week. Uh, Evan, um, speaking about well-being, I think that that's something that has been, you know, front and centre for most sports ever since the Olympics and um, all the, these sporting bubbles. But I noticed the Indian women's team, they brought over um, a sports psychologist. Um, is that something okay. that teams are having to increase in terms of their support staff now to cope with the anxiety of what's happening around them? Yeah, definitely. Like we would normally be focused on performance, Grant, as you know. Um, but at the moment, when you've got professional athletes stuck at home for seven to ten days, obviously what it was, um, you know that's very difficult for them. They just don't know, you know, what to do with themselves, and they can't relax, and they want to train. So yeah, it's just something we need to do, and that's also for staff. You know, staff go through the same experience, being isolated from their families um, and their friends and their jobs. So you know, it is it is difficult, and we've had to. Um, take people out of their homes this week and put them into different houses. Um, some have been staying in, in a hotel, so it's it's um you know it's difficult for those people to be going through something like this and then having to isolate. You know, can't interact with friends and family. So um, yeah, we do really feel for them, and we've got support around them. Uh, and then the double blow um, for your women's team too the prospect of playing their first ever game, um, you know, that would have been doubly disappointing yeah. for them. Absolutely. Uh, they've done a lot of hard work. Um, they had a, one of their camps got, got pulled because um, one of the women had was a close contact, so we had to send everybody home on the first morning um, after people had travelled in from, you know, around the North Island. So, yeah, we really feel for them. They're, they're a great bunch of women. Um, I've had the pleasure of being in and around the team a couple of times and it's just fantastic to see, you know, their attitude and their focus. And I think, um, you know, obviously we're coming out of a big lot of COVID in the team, but um, talking to a few of the people up there, you know, they're really excited and, you know, going to do the jersey proud. Evan Lee out of the Hurricanes is with us. He is the CEO. And of course, player welfare, uh, making sure they're healthy is the priority and, 
well, I'll go down a path where it almost feels a little bit trite when I talk about getting back onto the park next week. So what boxes do you have to tick for that game to go ahead or or both teams to get back on the park? Can you just, you know, just walk us through the process? Yeah, I mean, talking to the um, coach and the medical staff and our GM rugby over the last few days, they just literally got a spreadsheet. Uh, player X you know, comes out of isolation on, on Tuesday um, and then there's sort of a gradual return to play where they've got to show that they can get up to peak intensity and a certain a certain amount of duration. So, you know, we've had you know one of our big players get um, COVID on Thursday, I think. So he'll be highly unlikely to play um, at the weekend. But we've got other players that had it five or six days earlier, um, and they should be okay. So you know, this, if we played today, we would have had half a dozen players who had never been in our environment, never played Super Rugby, coming in and starting in a Super Rugby game right. for the Hurricanes. So that that would have been incredibly challenging. And there's got, there's got to be a point when you also look at it and say, is this actually a Hurricanes team anymore? Um, and then some of those players aren't conditioned or strong or experienced enough to play Super Rugby. So that's a health and safety um Aspect as well. Evan, the uh, the financial impact that this has had. I mean, I'm I'm aware that cricket has been very lucky. Every summer, um, you know, cricket seems to have missed uh, every wave of COVID that that's actually arrived. And you can see the cricket, the women's mm. cricket World Cup, that's actually still going along, um, which is is amazing. But have um, have the unions been able to find innovative ways to make money outside of obviously the game itself? Um, yeah, I'm actually really enjoying the Cricket World Cup. Fantastic, you know. Um, I think it's a great spectacle. But, yeah, I mean, it is it is difficult to do things. So we are looking at what we can do online, Grant. How do we how do we satisfy our sponsors? How do we get our players in front of sponsors and members who, who may not be able to go to the game? Um, it's, it's not easy, but you've just got to try and give everybody some, some value for want of a better word, so sponsor sponsor um, Z thinks, well, okay, they can't play games in front of crowds, but we can actually get hosted. So you know, we've been able to host some sponsors. We've been able to accommodate 800 members, which is you know less than a third of what we what we have. So yeah, it's not it's not easy, and it's a it's a long term um, you know long term focus, and we're trying to bring our partners members um, with us and, and we're really hoping that 2023 will be back to some normality and can actually deliver what all of those people want. Evan, we'll get you out on this and we really appreciate your time, your insight and, and just giving us a, a nice landscape of, of what uh, teams like yourselves are going through in this uh, rather unique time we are going through. But as far as uh, the form on the field, um, the, the heart rate hurricanes so far in this year, two out of three have gone your way. There's been some dramatic games in there. How do you assess the performance on the park? Yeah, I think the, I think the first game, um, you know, the coaches were a bit disappointed. We were, we were slow to get going against the Crusaders, who obviously are world-class outfit. Um, second game, you know, everyone's talked about the fact that we were a bit slow for the first 70 minutes and then the final 10, we were, you know, awesome. Um, amazing. Yeah. Just, just honestly, it was amazing. You know, I was sitting there thinking, oh, how are we going to get out of this? And then 
we did. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it shows that the team has um, has got a really good culture, and you know, they were they were pretty relentless in that game. Um, Highlanders wasn't the greatest game of rugby to to watch, but you know, we're obviously happy to beat a New Zealand time team any day of the week. So um, yeah, yeah, I think we've unfortunately going into this Moana Pacifica game in pretty good shape, and we've got the Chiefs at home next week. Um, so, yeah, I think we're pretty happy with where we are, uh, but obviously it's a long season and, you know, the derby games can go either way. Well, Evan, you always have to look at the silver lining, and I think one of the uh, biggest silver linings during this time is that I was at Queenstown, and I think the handicaps of all players have gone <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah, I, had to, I actually had to ring the coach at one stage and say, is Geordie Barrett doing anything apart from playing golf? <laughs> uh, well, he did help me on the 18th. If you keep listening to the show, you might actually hear how he did help me. Um, oh, I was in a bit of strife. <laughs> stuff. Evan, thanks so much. Thanks so much. We do appreciate Please, it. Yeah. Keep, up, keep up the fine work, and hopefully we get back to normality one day soon. Thanks, Evan. Okay. Cheers, gents. Uh, Evan Lee, who's the Hurricanes CEO, their game postponed this week, just giving us a, a bit of insight how you get to that position, how you return from it. Uh, so all going well. They will have 23 um, ex- you know, players with a Super Rugby experience uh, ready to lace it up uh, for their next game against the Chiefs. It's 17 minutes after 10 o'clock. Great to have your company here on the uh, Re Super Rugby fan show. Uh, Justin Marshall to break down uh, all the stories of the week and all the action on the park. Stay with us at 17 after 10. You are indeed the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show, all part of the Saturday session. Daniel McCarty, Grant Elliott here with you. Reese Plumbing, designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. Uh, it was World Plumbers Day during the week, wasn't it? So uh, I'm sure Reese had a big week. Um, rugby players who were plumbers. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Double eight, double three. Go on. The always ever knowing. SCNZ audience will uh, let us know. Double eight, double three. Ben Francis has got his hand up. Jason Rutledge. Did you know one? Jason Rutledge was he a plumber? I, well, he, he is. I he be- fixed I be- a lot of I he be- fixed a lot of expletive in the tight, didn't he? <laughs> I believe he owns Laser Plumbing down in Southland, and we I think he was on uh, the run home on Friday or Thursday, talking about it. Brilliant, good knowledge there, Ben. See, Ben Francis knows everything, Grant. He's really evolved. He's really come out of his shell after you've stopped bullying him on air. Yeah, well, I, d- I did get a message from uh, Ricardo Ball asking me about cricketers that were plumbers, and I couldn't think of one. So if you know of one, <laughs> cricketers, Cricketers getting their hands dirty? Not in, not in a million years, <laughs> I could mate. think of some sparkies, but I couldn't think no. of some plumbers. So right. text in. This is the Reese Super Rugby Fan Show. Last night, the Highlanders and uh, the Blues played for the Gordon Hunter Memorial Trophy. We're going to give you uh, a great breakdown with Justin Marshall shortly, but uh, very disappointing for the the Highlanders especially. I know the Blues looked out of sorts in that first half and and were trailing by 10 points, but the way the Highlanders coughed up that uh, lead early in the second half, I think it was within eight and a half minutes, the Blues had crashed over for two nicely worked tries down that that right flank. some scrum and line-out issues didn't help the Highlanders along the way. The Highlanders in a whole heap of problems. Now, 0 for 4. Uh, the Blues uh, have uh, well won two of their three games and probably should have won the third. Uh, I don't know. I still don't know two weeks after the fact how the Canes actually beat the Blues uh, 33-32 um, in a, quite an extraordinary game a fortnight ago. So uh, rather interesting. And it was one of those archetypal game of two halves. And I can ask you, the listeners, 
was that because the Highlanders were excellent in the first half and the Blues, or the Blues, cack? And was it flipped on its head? Was it more of a What I'm asking, more of a case of the Blues won that way one or the Highlanders lost it. Let us know, double eight double three, or you can pick up the phone, 0800 Good chance, though, to update our uh, Super Rugby Fan of the Year competition. Uh, Grant, uh, your first show, 5000 bucks is up for grabs. People are going to make their tips for one game. If they get that right, they progress to the next week. We started off with 1,949 entries. That went down to 1,054 after the first week. So there were 900 people who didn't know what they were talking about, me included. Um, and then down to 610. And heading into this week's group of games, so this is before the game was played last night, we had 489 people still alive and in the running for a chance to win 5000 bucks thanks to Reese Plumbing. There's 489 rather stressed individuals out there. And I tell you what, I hope they bite, bite, bite their fingernails and toenails. All the way to the finish line. Are you one of them? No. You haven't been no, no. blown out in the first round. No, well, technically not allowed to enter. Technically not allowed to enter. Oh, technically, but Ben Francis but obviously ben allowed Francis to under enter. under a pseudonym, under a different name, um, has entered, and he's still in the mix. And if he wins, we're never going to see him again. He's still trying to get back that bet from the semi-final that he exactly. always talks about. And uh, via the text line, I knew someone would answer this brilliantly. Uh, a plumber who played rugby, Harry Plummer. Very well done. Very well done. Right, some common sense and quality analysis is coming up after this break. Justin Marshall's in the chair. Stay with us as uh, the leading expert from Sky Sport uh, drops by, as he always does, right here on the uh, Super Rugby Fan Show. Stay with us. It's uh, 25 minutes after 10. This indeed is this Reese Super Rugby fan show right here on SCNZ. My name is Daniel McCarty. Grant Elliott is back. He is on board and joining us each and every week. Uh, TS is uh, Justin Marshall, former All Black, great uh, fine uh, reader of the game and commentator with uh, Sky Sport. Marshy, welcome back. Where are you today? Hey, Daniel. Yep, uh, it's nice to be here. Hey, Grant. Um, and good uh, morning to everybody uh, who's listening in. I've just arrived in Christchurch, so I uh, was at um, the stadium last night uh, for the North Harbour um, experience, which was quite good, seeing a few, uh, I guess, People scattered around the ground for the Blues versus Highlanders, and uh, tonight it's the Chiefs Crusaders. So uh, I've made my way down to Christchurch. So that's a beautiful day here. Oh, that is good to hear. Now, now, um, Marshy, you and you and Grant know each other, right? I, I think you met at a hallowed turf for the first time. Do you remember where you met Grant for the first time? Yes, I do. I do recall that, and um, we were having a decent chat as I well. Re- but uh, the hallowed turf eludes me. I was hoping you would say, no, you don't remember, but obviously you don't, Marshy. I was just telling Daniel, the first time I ever met you was um, I played my first test match and then was subsequently dropped because yeah, they were like, he's, so. no, he's no good. Yeah. And I played for a, a club team in England and I went to Lords to go watch a test match and I was in the beer garden uh, just outside <laughs> and our first order for our group was a jug of Pims and a Foster's oh. beer. So, and that was at about nine in the morning. And I think I saw you round about midday or one o'clock. It was a little bit of drizzle. So, um, I, I only remember because there was a photo, actually, well, but it was but, good. But fair to say, I think Justin was more the Foster's guy and you were the Pims and Lemonade. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> fair, Marcy. Yeah, I know. I think it would be fair to say that when you go to Lords, you've got to entertain exactly 
what they expect, which is pims and, and the odd beer. So I, I was indulging uh, in that experience as well, and, and that was actually my first first time I'd ever been to Lord's actually Grant. So uh, the fact that um, I was doing the same thing as you means that I was doing the right thing, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll try and dig up. I'll try and dig up the photo. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was many years ago. I think it was back to two thousand nine or ten. Oh, brilliant stuff! All right, let's get to the job at hand. Looking at uh, Super Rugby, let's look at last night's game. Good win for the Blues in the end. Certainly not their um, their script, though. If you know what I mean here, Justin, having to come back from ten points down at the half, Gee, they overturned that deficit very quickly in the second. But to that opening forty minutes. Why were the Highlanders so effective? Was it more of a case of the Highlanders playing well or were the Blues off their, their game, a bit of both? How would you describe that uh, that opening half? Um, it was a pretty scrappy game in general and the, the Highlanders, you know, they pretty much spilt the ball off the opening kickoff. They tried to show a bit of ambition and, and, and play up out of their 22. And, and it's what they kind of were seeking, I think, just to, to try and show that they could use the ball and they could produce something a little a, a little bit unusual, but yet, you know, try and get all, get rid of the errors that had plagued them in the first um, few rounds. But, you know, like I said, unfortunately, they spilt the ball and, and then put themselves under pressure, and Caleb Clark spilt the ball over the line, and it really pretty much bumbled its way uh, throughout that entire 40 minutes. The Highlanders just probably got a bit better when they got the odd opportunity when they got things right at taking it, but in general, they would have been pretty satisfied that they were they were the better team at execution in the first half and deserved to go in uh, with the lead that they had. So, yeah, look, I'm sure there was plenty said by Leon McDonald because conversely, the Blues were uh, they were worse than the Highlanders and they uh, they weren't at all in rhythm. Obviously, lots of disruptions leading into the game with players pulling out, and when you have Yes. Both your playmakers, so Harry Plummer missing and then Bowden Barrett missing as well, that certainly doesn't help. The first try, it's a glacial-like line-out drive. I, I can't remember too many going slower towards the goal line. <laughs> um, and, and then the penalty try is awarded. I, I actually, I was, when I heard the whistle, I thought, oh, he might have blown this up because it hasn't actually moved forward and it's a turnover. Were, were you surprised or am I in my own world on that one, Justin? No, yeah, it looked like it was about to, to be a turnover and Blues ball because they'd done really well at defending it and um, the Highlanders looked like they had lost the momentum and then all of a sudden they just became uh, an out of nowhere after taking so long a sort of secondary shove and it sort of meant that the two players that had effectively been in a position to shut them all down, which was Satutu and Romano, uh, ended up pulling it down and, and so... A penalty try ensued, and then uh, Luke Romano spent some time on the uh, in the bin. So, you know that that kind of wrestled the game that was really stuttering at that stage into the Highlanders' advantage. They didn't really take advantage of that that ten, ten uh, that um, ten minutes in the simbin that Romano had to suffer from. So, you know, I think when they reflect on opportunities in the game, that was a chance where they probably could have put some points on and didn't and it allowed the Blues to stay in touch. Mm. Uh, but that lead of 10 evaporates in eight and a half minutes, um, and set-piece concerns contributed to a bit of their uh, downfall in the second half for the Highlanders, and I'm thinking, well, they had a line-out, 
and if they secure, the Blues don't score their opening try. It's as simple as that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, look, there's, there's problems that have been hampering the Highlanders throughout this competition so far, and they didn't really dissipate for this contest. And unfortunately for them, it was some of the same areas. And yes, the line-out, again, wasn't functioning properly. You think back to the Crusaders game where they were in it right up until the 68th minute. Uh, and had survived another onslaught from the Crusaders. They're only one point behind, and their line-out ball, I think, on their 40-metre line, uh, and they overthrew it. It got scooped up by the Crusaders, and the Crusaders ended up scoring a try from it, and bang, the game was taken away from them. The same thing last night. There was opportunities for them to relieve pressure um, because they were under a lot in that second half, stay in the game, and their line-out, in particular, really let them down. The scrum was okay, but you know, one of those areas are dysfunctional on the night, and it can be really, really costly, and it proves to be that way for the Highlanders. Conversely, the Blues got a decent rev up from Leon McDonald at half-time, quite obviously. They changed the tempo in the second half. They played a lot smarter. Petafeta kicked a lot more accurately, yeah. uh, and they regained a lot of ball that they were kicking away aimlessly in the first half and just camped down in the Highlanders' half and really suffocated them out of the game. They did really well. Yeah, their attack down that right-hand side w- was excellent. Although the, the seagulling flankers combining brilliantly for, for one of the tries and uh, Tane Plumtree actually getting a brace. He looked like he'd be a good right-winger finishing off some of those tries, Justin. Yeah, and that's the way that they want, I think, their balance in terms of their game pattern to be. Uh, but, you know, when you bring the likes of uh, Satutu and... Robinson, you know, obviously he's been playing blindside of late. He was missing for this game, but he's, he's always out in that um, outside channel, uh, charging charging down the tram lines. So, you know, when you get your opportunity in that jersey, which Plumtree did, he just stays in those channels. And, you know, he made a really good fist of it. You know, he finished with a brace of tries. Uh, he, he did some excellent work in his core role as well. And uh, it just goes to show that even though you change the personnel, you don't change the areas where you want your team to be potent on attack, and um, he certainly benefited from from that game plan that uh, Leon McDonald's wanting to execute to revolve around his really good players. Justin, uh, Tane uh, Plumtree obviously had a really good NPC last season. Do you still see mm. NPC as being a, a real decent platform to um, then progressing to Super Rugby? Yeah, yeah I do, Grant. I certainly think that uh, last year's um, NPC was was really competitive, and and what we're seeing now is with, with the, the the recent decisions of some of the All Blacks to go back to where they they started their rugby. You know, Aaron Smith going back to Manawatu, players going back into the the areas makes a really big difference in terms of spreading that talent. Like Tasman has, has obviously become a real force of late as well. Hawks Bay with the Shield, how outstanding were they? And we've seen a lot of those players. You know, I think of uh, Yossi, the number eight, um, Aiden Yossi from um, Manawatu, the captain. Uh, and he's now in the Hurricane squad. And he's, he's just making a, a, a really good showing of the fact that he can step up and um, getting his opportunities off the bench. He's been outstanding. So it absolutely, I think, is a really positive sign for all of those aspiring players out there that, you know, you work hard through club rugby and club rugby progresses you on to provincial rugby and then the next uh, stepping 
point is into super, and that can happen and is regularly happening in New Zealand. So absolutely, I think uh, it still is that progression um, and where you where you want to fit, uh, fit yourself. And, and don't be, I think for a lot of players out there, don't be discouraged that you might not be when you're younger in uh, some of the academies, um, you know, whether, whether it be in franchise areas or, or any academy and you feel that you, you're lost in the system because New Zealand has this unique way of finding rugby players from anywhere and in any place. And just because you're not in an academy and you're playing, um, say, Meads Cup, doesn't mean that that progression that I've just been speaking about can't happen for you. Justin Marshall is with us here on the uh, Super Rugby Fan Show. Uh, one question on behalf of uh, the the Highlanders were filling Highlanders fans were filling my timeline last night. Justin, can we find a way that Aaron Smith plays eighty minutes? Like, just just keep him on the field, right? Just keep him on the field. Is that important? <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he is, isn't he? And uh, you know, you, you certainly see the competitiveness in Aaron Smith. Uh, I watched his post game interview last night. You know, he had to sit out the last twenty minutes of that match, but you could just see. Uh, how gutted he was because competitiveness, I know, um, you know, you, you, you be very careful when you say what I'm about to say, but competitiveness um, brings out winning in people. And Aaron Smith is a super competitive guy, and, and I know that he gets the satisfaction not only out of his own performance, but out of the teams that he plays for winning. And you can just see last night that he as a captain now of this side, is really suffering from the fact that they're 4-0 uh, and, 0 and um, you know, he's out there trying his guts out as he does with any jersey he puts on. And, yeah, look, uh, they're in a position, I guess, where they've got two very strong nines and the balance that they got uh, last year was very good. It's not working this year, uh, I'll be perfectly honest. No, I don't think Falao Fakatava has got to the levels that he was, and I don't think that's due to him um, suffering uh, from his injury. Uh, I always thought the biggest challenge for him, and it happens to a lot of players, was going to be coming to the, into the season, that you have a breakout season like Falau had in, uh, in 2020, and you're, you're, and you're simply outstanding, um, and then you know you get, get your opportunity in, in 2021 because your, your form's really good again into super, uh, and people are aware of your strengths. People know you. You can't get away with flying under the radar. You can't get away with, when they do their analysis of the week, them overlooking your name because all of a sudden they know you are a threat. They know your skill set, and so you're more heavily marked. You're more watched, and I think that's what's happening to Falau Fakatava this year, and so all of a sudden, you know, taking Aaron Smith off isn't adding the impact it used to be. So they've got to try and work through that with with Fakatava, with Aaron Smith, and make sure that it's not hurting the team because at the moment I don't think it's helping the team. Well, Justin, that's that's the Blues and Highlanders. It's great insight into that game. Tonight's game, the Crusaders and Chiefs, always a physical battle. Um, I read up there's always a historical four-letter word, hate, that's uh, been used. <laughs> Uh, what do you expect tonight from uh, from the game? Is it going to be as physical as everyone talks about? Oh, look, there's no doubt there is. Um, look, there's, we'll use the word rivalry, but I'm, I'm where you're coming from, to be honest, Grant. Um, there is a bit of that under my, underlying um, 
rivalry, we'll call it there, and uh, that's good for the game. Um, I certainly think that we've got two teams here now that have probably been the most successful franchises in the last decade, uh, you know, with, with winning titles and uh, producing All Blacks, uh, going toe-to-toe. And it's really only been in the last year or two under Liam McDonald's guidance that there's been a resurgence in the Blues who are now um, starting to make some uh, movements back towards the superpower that they used to be in, in rugby and, you know, winning that, that competition, the Trans-Tasman competition last year. Um, reinforces that point, but you know, up until their re-emergence, you know, that big game really had been the Crusaders' Chiefs. So, you know, plenty of All Blacks shaping up against each other. Scott Robertson's worked his squad to get to a point, I think, where he wants to flex his muscles against the Chiefs and the Blues. Two big games that they've got coming up at home, uh, and he's named a very strong side. He's got Richie Moanga back, obviously. Um, you know, he got, he got the opportunity uh, to rest Havili uh, and, um, you know, Will Jordan uh, in the game prior to that uh, against Moana Pacifica. And the Chiefs got Anton Leonard-Brown back, um, probably unlucky last weekend. Uh, they probably were the better. I think Leon McDonald summed it up. He said, look, you know, last week we were the better side uh, and we lost. This week we were the uh, worst side and we won. You know, and that was his his take on the Hurricanes game and then the, the win over the Chiefs. So that's rugby sometimes, um, but it goes to show that the Chiefs are a very, very well-coached, well-drilled outfit and uh, it promises to be a belt of a game. All right, Grant, this is uh, your first uh, contribution to our tipping, uh, which we've been doing each and every week uh, with Justin, and we've been doing a very good job, haven't we, Justin? We've been doing a very good job, so no pressure on you, Grant. Oh, I it's never a, feel it's pressurized. A democracy, so there's three of us. We make our chip, and if there's two in favour and one dissenting, stuff the dissenter. We, it's a democracy, right? Okay, I like it. Uh, you like it, Grant? Yeah, I know, and, and you, I know the, you don't like rules. And, and I you don't, don't Justin, like I just got texted the um, or sent the photo of us at Lords. So if you, I'll, I'll, I'll fire it off to you. Yeah, we, I, we look very youthful. I've seen it, Justin. It, it looks like you're fine. It looks like he. It looks like he drunk all the Pims and Lemonade and the Fosters. <laughs> uh, we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um, sure Crusaders v Chiefs. T- <laughs> yeah, we'll go. I'll start off. I've got the Crusaders winning this one, uh, Justin, uh, probably by about 9 to 10. How do you see it? Yeah, I've got, I've got the Crusaders, but, yeah, it won't be any more than 10 points. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same. Yeah, what a shock! Yeah, no, but I can lead the next one. If well, you no, want no, me. it's no indictment on you, Grant. I'm saying it's the Crusaders. We're all tipping yes. the Crusaders. Yeah. That's that is not a big shock. Yeah. Okay, let, let's see. Let's see, Grant. You can go first and see your strength in the Australian Super Rugby comp. We've only got two more games because unfortunately, Hurricanes are minor Pacifica postponed this week, of course. Well, I'm gonna say the Reds, and I'm gonna go 13 plus. Okay, uh, Justin. Yeah, I think so. I, I, look, it's um, the weather certainly improved over there, and the Reds are a very, very good side with ball in hand. So I expect them to yeah produce some razzle dazzle and, and do that by year thirteen plus. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, James, James O'Connor and his boys make it uh, five from five. I think I think they're four from four. No, um, I've gone completely yep. blank now. Uh, they're unbeaten. They're three from three. They'll go four from four. Um, and the Waratahs force, oh boy, oh boy. Um, firstly, I'm not sure how much money you'd pay me to actually watch this, Justin. I, I, I'm not sure about these two sides. They're very even on, on the ladder. The Waratahs, again, talked up a big game heading into the season. I guess I'm buying the hype, Justin. I, I think I'll go the Waratahs, but not by many. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. I uh, and this is a yes. little bit of a gamble. Um, I've been impressed impressed with what I've seen uh, from the Waratahs, but I've been more impressed by the force. And uh, you know, I think they're a very good side to get together when they travel. Um, yeah, I think I think the force are going to win this by you know not a handful of points, but that's just my pick. All well, right, so uh, here we go. You are the decider. You're the tiebreaker, Grant. No pressure. The hopes and aspirations of, of the Super Rugby fan show on the Saturday session hang Well, on I'm going to be smart because the thing is, I've either got to go with Daniel McCarty or Justin Marshall. So I think I'm going to side with <laughs> Justin Marshall. <laughs> I think uh, whatever Justin said, you mean all those I think is correct. Ma- all those test matches he played yeah. and all those games he's commentated for Sky Sport, are you saying he's learned something over the years? Yeah, I would say that his knowledge of rugby is probably a little bit uh, superior to yours, Daniel, so I'm going to side with Justin. Really, what, looking at that photo again, side with me when it comes to fashion, Justin. <laughs> what are you wearing, Elliot? What are you, wear- what are you wearing? I look like a science teacher. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. All right, Ben, Francis, lock it in. We're locked. Locking in uh, the Crusaders, we're locking in the Reds, and we're going the Force. I, I'm going to rub it in next week, fellas, if uh, the, the Waratahs get up. <laughs> I will. Hey, Justin, thanks so much, mate. Go have a great call tonight. Really looking forward to it. Thanks for joining us as always. Thanks a lot, Justin. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Cheers, Grant, and look forward to that pick, mate. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Justin Marshall joins us every week here on the uh, Reese Super Rugby Fan Show. A uh, Reese plumbing designed to help your business grow and succeed. Reese works for you. Good luck with all your tips uh, this week, and especially to those who are still alive in uh, the Super Rugby Fan Hour Fan of the Year competition. Five k up for grabs. It's ten away from Reese Super Rugby Fan Show. Indeed, driven by quality. Reese works for you. Good luck with your tipping out this week. Grant, let's catch up. We'll catch you up. It's your first show. We decided, because we're the heart and soul of this nation, that uh, we would enter the tipping competition as a team. As a team. The problem is we're uh, you know, dotting I's, crossing T's, not always our streaks. We haven't always got our uh, picks in on time, have we, Ben? Um, so that, that has cost us dearly. Our picks have been pretty solid. Uh, ben often having to do the Friday night p- picks alone, so there's lots of pressure on his shoulders. He's done very well. Well, I have heard, you know, obviously in the break there, uh, the discussions about the picks and how well we are doing. Seems to be led uh, mainly by Ben on Friday nights where he gets given the responsibility of trying to get those bets in. If we get our bets in, it sounds like we're very successful yeah, yeah, as we a are. team. We're, I'm, I'm happy to jump on this successful team. Well, you are a team member. We've given uh, our, and we'll, we'll give you a helping hand for next Friday night. Uh, Highlanders beat Moana Pacifica and I don't know, between the Brumbies and the Reds. Hope that's helpful. Ben, where do we sit? Are we near the top or mid-table mediocrity or well, like well, Everton in a relegation fight? Tell no. me we're beating Beaver. Uh, well, we're mid-table, but it's considering we missed the first two games, we're only really three points off the top. So, you know, if we'd actually entered on, on yes. time, we oh. could be up the top. We could be like a Chelsea contending yeah. for the title, but just off the pace. Th- this does not surprise me. God, Doesn't this surprise does not surprise me. me. Our knowledge <sighs> is unbelievable. <laughs> Unrivaled. <laughs> Unmatched. Incredible. Uncensored. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.